Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's time for Fibber McGee and Molly. Sundays through Thursdays, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Len Levinson and directed by Max Hutto. Fibber and Molly would like you to hear this before they get into their story. Molly, have you been watching that paint job they're doing on the house across the street? White with pink shutters? <laughs> Almost as pink as the cheeks on a young couple living there. And were they excited when they moved in? You know, that first day in a new home is a big event in any family's life. Sure is. And another big event is the day the family can stop worrying about what would happen to their home if Dad wasn't around to make payments on the mortgage or pay the rent. And friends... That big day comes when a prudential mortgage cancellation plan takes over the problem for you. With this plan in your life insurance program, if anything happens to the breadwinner, Prudential will provide the money to pay off the mortgage on your home. Leaves it free and clear for you and your family to live in as long as you wish. For most families, the yearly cost is less than 1% of the amount you borrowed. And if you're renting an apartment or home, you'll find the cost of Prudential's rent payment plan just as low. So ask your Prudential agent to come around and give you the details on these wonderful home protection plans provided by the company with the strength of Gibraltar. Like the book says, the future belongs to those who prepare for it. Mr. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista is about to get a phone call. He doesn't know it yet, but his friend Wallace Wimple is just calling him. I'll get it, Molly. McGee's residence. McGee speaking. Uh, hello, Mr. McGee. This is Wally Wimple. I just called... Oh, hi, Wimp. I'm glad you phoned, boy. I was just going to call you. Well, You I want thought... a bowl tonight with I and Doc Gamble and Herb Travis? Well, I... It's league night, you see, and Mort Toops is supposed to be the fourth man on our team. I and Doc and Herb and Mort. But Mort got a wart on his thumb, and the hole in the bowling ball that you hold the ball to bowl with is small, you see, so Mort with his wart can't get the wart in the hole to bowl, and we need a bowler. We tried to get Strikes Doyle to bowl with us, but uh, Doyle's got a boil on his knuckle, and he can't hold a ball enough to bowl either, so between Mort's wart and Doyle's boil, you can bowl with us. You want to? Yes, I'll be glad to. Now, the reason I... Well, Wimp, well, I'll pick you up in front of your house at 7.30. Goodbye, boy. Who was that on the phone with you? Anything important? Wally Wimple. We need a fourth guy to bowl with us tonight. Oh, I wish I'd have known that's who you were talking to. I've got to get a message to his wife, and I could have just as well... I'll get it. 79 Wistful Vista, Molly McGee speaking. Hello, Mrs. McGee. This is Wallace Wimple. I... Oh, hello, Mr. Wimple. I, I called a moment ago, but... I know you did. I know you did, and I'm so glad you called back because I want to talk to Mrs. Wimple. Is she home? Mrs. McGee, do you think I'd be making two telephone calls in rapid succession if she were here? This is my quota for the week. Oh? I wouldn't have called right back except that I feel this is quite important. Urgent, in fact. And well, I... now, I wouldn't say it's absolutely urgent, Mr. Wimple, but I would appreciate it if you'd give her a message for me. Uh, a message? Would you just tell her that the woman's club meeting, which was changed to Friday, is changed to Saturday again? The woman's club meeting? Is Saturday. Yes. Uh, I'll tell her. Good. And now, could I please... Thanks a lot, Mr. Wimple. Bye. I hope he delivers my message. He seemed so vague like he was hardly listening. 
And that wife of his will probably belt him for talking before she hears the message. Every time that poor guy opens his mouth, she slaps him down like a $10 bill on a crap table. <laughs> he gets the worst. I'll get it. Come in. Mr. McGee? Oh, that's me, bud. What can I do for you? I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes, please. Official business, United States government. Oh, dear. Uh, the uh, government business? Uh, come right in, sir. Thank you. Anything anything wrong? I'm here to check on a man who I believe is a friend of yours, Mr. McGee. Mr. Wimple. Wallace Wimple. Heavenly days, Mr. Wimple being investigated by the government. And him so quiet and all. Yeah, my God. But them quiet guys, though, there... Mr. Though... Wimple has applied for a government position, Mr. McGee, and gave your name as a reference. That's why I'm here. Oh. Oh, a job. Oh, I want a job. With the government, huh? Isn't that strange? We talked to him on the phone a while ago, and he never even mentioned it. Talked to him twice, and he never mentioned it once. Hmm. Well, he's a swell fellow, Bud Wimp is. Make a good man for the job, you betcha. What kind of job is it? I'm sorry, Mr. McGee. I'm not at liberty to divulge that information. My goodness, no wonder Mr. Wimple didn't mention it. Real confidential, huh? Must be a mighty important job. I can't answer that. Oh, you don't have to, Bud. I know. Well, you couldn't find a better man than Wimple, no matter what the job is. What is it? I'm not allowed to answer questions, Mr. McGee. I just ask them. Oh, Natch. <laughs> I catch. <laughs> Must pay a nice fat salary, though. Wimp's job. What makes you think that? Well, they'd hardly send an FBI man like you around to check. I'm not from the FBI, Mrs. McGee. Oh, sure, sure. We understand. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about us tipping our mitt. We're hip. What else would you like to know about Wimp? Uh, Wallace Wimple. You'd say Mr. Wimple is a person who can handle responsibility? Oh, sure, of course. He's never had much to handle up to now, but he probably could. Hasn't had the experience handling responsibility like, oh, like some people I could name here in this room, for instance. But he could handle it, though. Sure. Good man, Wimp. Uh, What'd you say the job was? You're persistent, aren't you? Well, I suppose it won't do any harm to tell you that Mr. Wimple has applied for a position as a TSXE. Oh, one of those. TSXE, huh? Wow. How'd he ever get a crack at a spot like that? Well, the government has created a few new positions, and they're open to qualified men. Why don't you go down and fill out an application yourself? Who, me? Well, I... Oh... He'd be a good one, sir. Oh, yeah, but... Oh, well, I couldn't do that to old Wimp. Could I? The government is only interested in getting the best possible men, Mr. McGee. Mr. Wimple doesn't have any patent on the job. Other men have applications in. Oh, well, I... TSXE, huh? Boy, where do I go uh, to apply? Federal building, room 281. Get your hat, Molly. Let's go downtown. Well, thanks, bud. And if you want anybody for a reference for me, just see my good friend Wallace Wimple. Only you better not tell him what it's for. There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. What have Viceroy's got that other filter-tip cigarettes haven't got? What have Viceroy's got that other filter-tip cigarettes haven't got? What have Viceroy's got that other filter-tip cigarettes haven't got? Yes, what have Viceroy's got? The answer is 20,000 tiny filters in every Viceroy tip. That's right. Inside every Viceroy tip is a vast network of 20,000 individual filters to filter your smoke over and over again. You get only the full, rich taste of Viceroy's choice tobaccos. And Viceroy's draw freely, smoothly. So the next time you hear this question... What have Viceroy's got that other filter-tip cigarettes haven't got? You know the answer. 20,000 tiny filters in every Viceroy tip. 
No wonder more people smoke Viceroy's than any other filter tip cigarette in the world. Get Viceroy's today. King size, filter tip. Only a penny or two more than cigarettes without filters. Did you get the application form, McGee? What'd the man say? He said to fill it out and bring it back to his desk. Boy, look at the size of that application. Form TSXE. Tell me what the heck it means. So do I. Well, let's sit down here and let's fill it out, huh? Yeah, I see now. Name, F. Walsingham McGee. F. Walsingham? McGee, what's the idea of that? Oh, I thought I'd better take on a middle name, you know, something classy. In case this job turns out to be in the diplomatic service. No, hmm. McGee, if I were you, I'd just put down my plain name, straight. Hmm. They'll investigate you, you know, just like they did Wallace Wimple, and it might not go so good if your reference has never heard of F. Walsingham McGee. Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. Address, 79, Mr. Vista. Length of residence. Let's see. Must be about 42 feet. 42 feet? Well, it's a 60-foot lot. The residence is 12 feet from Nelson's yard, and there's 6 feet on the other side that makes 18. 18 from 60 is 42 feet. Oh, McGee, that's silly. <laughs> that's not the way to answer that question. It isn't? Well, of course not. Length of residence doesn't mean that. You don't? No. That's the width of our residence. The length means how long the house is. It's around 58 feet. Oh, okay. 58 feet. Now, let me see. Date born or something. Birthplace, Peoria, Illinois. Next, it says marital status. Just put down very pleasant. And you can give me his reference. Well, thank you, Mrs. McGee. U.S. citizen all my life. Height, five foot six. Weight. Better trim it down about 15 pounds. Yeah, weight, 140. Veteran status. I am retired from U.S. Army. Since 1920. Oh, you don't care when. Now, let me see. Do you have a car? Yes. Driver's permit? Yes. Available any hour of the day or night? Yes. Yeah, that's it, kiddo. Well, come on while I give it to the man. Oh, I'm so curious about this job, McGee. So am I. You know, hey, bud, here it is. It's all filled out. Uh, very good. Just wait while I check it over, will you? Sure, sure. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's checking. Mm-hmm. Well, that looks satisfactory, Mr. McGee. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't say exactly satisfactory. A passable is more the word. Oh? Or, well, let's put it bluntly, uh... You've squeaked through. Uh, I, I have? Yes, and only because you have a car, mind you. It's the car that got you through, yes. Pardon me, sir. The car got my husband squeaked through what? Yeah, but I've been rushed down here and requested to fill out this application, and I still don't know what sort of position I'm applying for. Huh? Uh, you asked for, for form TSXE, so of course I thought you knew. Well, heavenly days, what does TSXE stand for? TSXE is the post office designation for temporary substitute Christmas employee. What? Your husband and his automobile have just been hired to deliver parcel post packages for the Christmas rush. Oh, no. Yes. You'll get a dollar fifty-six and a half cents an hour for yourself and ten cents a mile for your car. Why, McGee, that could make up for the Christmas club you got dropped from last February for non-payment of dues. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll take it, bud. Good. Uh, report with your car at the back platform of the main post office at eight tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. And you'll have a helper. Uh, let me see. I'll assign him right now. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. A uh, fellow named Wallace Wimple. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, he... 
We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. It's dependable, C. so dependable, hey. and dependable as can be. That's why every year more people buy RCA Victor than any other TV for dependability. Hi, this is Vaughn Monroe. I've long been associated with RCA Victor, so you can take it from me that this year, as always, you can depend on RCA Victor for the brightest TV ideas. For proof, don't miss seeing a sensational new model that actually swivels on its base. Just turn the set and presto, you can watch TV from anywhere in your room. This is just one of the many exciting innovations in the new line of RCA Victor Television. See them all at your dealer. And remember... Every year more people buy RCA Victor than any other TV for dependability. doing with that rusty old revolver of Uncle Sycamore's? Uh, oh, oh I'm, I'm polishing it. For what? Well, I thought I might carry it on the hip tomorrow. When I'm making deliveries, you know, in case they gave me any registered mail to carry. Oh, oh relax, Buffalo Bill. This isn't the Pony Express. It's parcel post. There'll be no horsing around with that horse pistol. You put that thing back in the attic. Oh, good night. Good night, all. <laughs> Fibber McGee and Molly is an NBC Radio Network production transcribed, with Bill Thompson as Mr. Wimple and Barney Phillips as the investigator. This is John Wald urging you to be with us again tomorrow at the same time when Mailman McGee and his helpful helper Wallace Wimple set out to deliver Christmas packages for Uncle Sam. Will the Postal Service ever be the same again? I doubt it, but tune in and find out. Join the great Gildersleeve and all his friends tonight on the NBC Radio Network.